0: The markets, we just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Coast and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. For those looking to take their market and business knowledge to the next level, we offer Magic Markets Premium, a research reports and podcast library that nearly has 100 reports in it and a new one every week all available for just 99 Rand a month. Recent reports have included the likes of Kroger, Deer & Co, Footlocker, McDonald's, UPS, Apple, Meta, Johnson & Johnson and Swatch. With broad variety and deep research, this is perfect for anyone looking to go to the next level. We invite you to join us in Magic Markets Premium. Go to magic-markets.com to subscribe. This episode of Magic Markets is brought to you by B2IT. Have you heard of robotic process automation, or RPA? It taps into the incredible potential of artificial intelligence to effortlessly handle those never-ending, monotonous tasks. Or as B2IT put it, they make robots, so people don't have to be robots. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. We thank B2IT for their support of Magic Markets. Welcome to episode 149 of Magic Markets. We've nearly hit that 150 milestone. We hit the 100 show milestone in premium not too long ago. Mo. Really cool to uh, keep this going with you and we have a lot of fun doing it. And this week we are once again covering two stocks. They are both international and they are both gigantic. One of them has been operating in South Africa for a very long time and the other one is coming here soon. So one is Amazon, as you've probably guessed as our listeners, and the other one is Alphabet, which of course is the owner of Google. So Mo, welcome, and I'm excited to uh, learn about Alphabet from you, and I went and dug into Amazon.
1: Yeah, Ghost, always a pleasure doing this with you. I'm, I'm enjoying this new format on our free shows where we kind of do a quick recap of some of the biggest stories, certainly when we're going through the middle of earnings season as we are right now, and two companies, as you've indicated, that have recently put results out just last week, Uh, Google being one, Amazon being the other. And really, it's a tale of two different stocks. I mean, the market's reaction on the one hand, I'm not going to try and steal your thunder here, but the market's reaction to Amazon, solid, positive, you know, up. Uh, The market's reaction to Google, on the other hand, or Alphabet, I've got to stop calling that Google, it's actually Alphabet, the stock, uh, that down, the market disappointed with that. So we're going to unpack what some of the key drivers are, but let's maybe start off with a good news story. Ghost, I'm going to let you go first and jump into Amazon.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. And I must say, credit to our sponsors, uh, B2IT, for letting us do these cool shows where we cover two stocks. They do all kinds of robotic process automation and similar things, so all very much this tech world. Reach out to them for the things that Mo and I don't really understand. We do understand numbers, which is cool, and uh, one thing I understand is outperformance versus an index, and that is something that Amazon has delivered in spades this year. It's up about 56% year to date. The NASDAQ 100 has only done, only in inverted commas here, 31% in dollars. If you want to depress yourself, work that out in Rand, and ask yourself why you didn't have all your money in the NASDAQ. So that's big outperformance in 2023. I mean obviously we're measuring here, I think we said this before, Mo, there was almost this like perfect dip at the start of the year, so a year-to-date view is very flattering but still. Uh, if we look over one year it's actually much closer, 28% and 24% respectively, so Amazon's still outperforming. Not so pretty on the longer time horizons though, over three years Amazon is down 17%, whoops, and uh, QQQ or the Nasdaq 100 if you go and buy that ETF is up 26%, so Amazon has not been a happy story if you bought the mid-pandemic hype. Not many tech stocks have been, but this is not just a pandemic-based issue because the five-year chart sees the NASDAQ up 120% and Amazon up only 66%. It's really not great over five years at all. So the obvious lesson here is you should probably just always have the NASDAQ in your portfolio one way or another. But the other obvious lesson is that Amazon has definitely won the hearts of investors this year. Like something has happened that means the market is loving this story. And I think a lot of it is cost cutting and just a more mature approach that doesn't just say, you know, growth at any cost. That low interest rates environment when Zuckerberg was trying to reinvent Earth and all sorts of crazy stuff was going on. You know, Amazon was also doing all kinds of crazy things. And I think a lot of maturity has come into these big tech companies in the past 12 to 18 months. There's nothing quite like interest rates to really focus the mind a bit, although they do arguably stifle innovation, which is why rate increases are unpopular. They also stifle investment in uh, venture capital, so kind of a whole downstream impact of it. But if you look at Amazon, it's not like their top line uh, is doing badly by any means. Net sales up 11% in constant currency versus the third quarter of 2022. North America up 11%, international up 11% in constant currency, AWS up 12%. So. How's that for consistency across the three major business segments? The consistency is not there at profit level, but uh, more on that to come.
1: Yeah, Ghost, that's fantastic because I I make several references to that magic 11% number as well. We'll kind of get into that a little bit later on, but I I want to maybe just rewind. So let's firstly go back to, I'm going to call it Alphabet again, you'll forgive me if I slip and I call it Google, old habits die hard. Alphabet, the parent company of Google, Google's just one of their businesses, right? There's so much under the hood here. And again, for those of you that are actually premium subscribers, go and check it out. We covered the stock back in August last year. So just over a year ago. Now, back then, quick recap, you know, we said, and I quote, the stock was cheap on its trailing multiple, but not on its forward multiple. And in fact, we also highlighted the fact that a weaker dollar might actually work out and help this company out. Now, unfortunately, that hasn't transpired. And at the time, the stock was trading around $115 a share. We're, we're above that right now, but let's look at how it's behaved and how we got to where we are today. Back then, we actually had highlighted a bear flag. That's a bearish formation. We said, we're a little bit nervous about that. We think that that bear flag has to play out. And if you go and have a look at the chart, well, guess what? It did. It played out. The stock went all the way down to $86 a share. It went all the way down. That was just beyond or just below our support two level. And then it found support. And wait for it. Where did it find support? The 200-week moving average. I know I sound like a little bit of a broken telephone, but these really just highlight how these levels tend to work over the longer term. 200-week moving average coming through as support for the stock, and then it started and commenced this rise up from the mid-80s to where we are right now, around 140s, and that was before, I say right now, that was actually just before these results. What happened with the results? Well, it then fell in the double digits or around $20, which is why we're doing the show. It's why it's so important, why it's so interesting. Now, back then, one last point is, on a relative, we always try and do this, on a relative between this stock, between Alphabet and Microsoft, an all-time favorite of both of ours, we actually said we would prefer Microsoft. So how has that actually worked out for us? You've mentioned the NASDAQ's performance. I'm just going to look at the last year, not a year to date, the last year, because we covered the stock around a year ago. Microsoft actually up 43%, so outperforming the overall market and the NASDAQ, and when we look at Alphabet, that stock up 30%. I was going to say only 30%. I just removed the only there because it sounds a little bit greedy. But 43 versus 30% shows that the relative trade definitely favored Microsoft. It was the right call. Now, why did it fall 20 dollars Effectively, just around 12% at the time of the release of the recent results. A lot to unpack there. I'm gonna save that for my next point, Ghost.
0: My next point is all about margin mix, and Amazon is a great example of that. So North America has the highest revenue at $87.9 billion, but it only made $4.3 billion in operating profit. The margins are not high there in the e-commerce side of the business. AWS made operating profit of $5.4 billion, so that's more than North America's e-commerce business. But get this, it was off revenue of just 23.1 billion. Now, in case you weren't listening carefully, that means it made about 25% more profit, roughly, off approximately a quarter of the revenue base. Just gives you an idea of how hectic the margin mix is within Amazon. Now, AWS has always been seen as the crown jewel here, The e-commerce business does have much tougher economics and also much slower economics. You have to really build that thing out over the years and then eventually, hopefully, the free cash flow comes through. Now to show you just how volatile the economics can be for the e-commerce business, North America made a loss of $400 million in the comparable quarter last year. Speaking of losses, international is still loss making. It lost $0.1 billion in this quarter. At least that's a lot better than the loss of $2.5 billion in the third quarter last year. Now this gives you a little bit of an idea of what south african retailers are up against when amazon launches here they are very happy to absorb losses for years in a new territory even in a high interest rate environment now take a lot has not managed to make a profit basically at all in south africa it's all been about growth Nusbass has been taking dividends from 10 cent and plowing them into all kinds of you know growth businesses of which take a lot is but one and maybe this was in anticipation of an amazon market entry maybe not Naspers still has very, very deep pockets thanks to the 10 cent investment to fight this fight against Amazon. So, you know, you're going to have those two giants really slugging it out in the South African retail landscape. But where does that leave the other large retailers who actually need to make a profit? I think that's a big worry for them. Not so much in food, because I don't think Amazon can come in and disrupt that. But in stuff like general merchandise, when you consider how weak a business like MassMart is and what Amazon might do to them, It's a lot to think about. So long story short, big margin mix impact here at Amazon. And I think the thing to remember is they are not shy of absorbing huge losses in the international business for a long time while they build it up.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. And I guess the relevance to South Africa also quite stark when you're looking at that e-commerce business at the impact on potential retailers. And again, we've unpacked and we've spoken at length around how Amazon is able to incubate its e-commerce business effectively out of its very successful cloud business. So that's gonna lead nicely into my my point. Let's look at some of those numbers that led to the big sell-off Coming back to Alphabet, to Google, what drove that? Well, at a headline level, here's the 11% reference. Revenue growing 11% to around $77 billion. Now, if we look at that, that's again in line with where the market's been growing. So let's break that down to a segment level. If we look at the ad side of the business, and again, this is the lion's share of Alphabet's revenue. It's it's around almost three quarters of its total revenue. That growing at a slower clip at around 9%. So again, that's maybe one risk on the horizon is the core business here doing less well than the rest of the business. But again, maybe that's some motivation for them to continue with their other bets, with some of the other plays within the overall stable. Let's unpack what those look like. Cloud. Now, again, cloud, it's controversial, right? We've got the big cloud players. We've got Amazon. We've got Microsoft. And Google comes through as like a really, you know, it's an afterthought. It's a third third tier player in, in, in many people's eyes but cloud revenue growing at 22%. That's a decent clip. I mean, that's twice the run rate of the rest of the company. Now, albeit it is a smaller portion of the overall mix within the business, but this is also potentially, and again, the law of high expectations, this is potentially why the stock sold off so sharply. Why would that be the case? 22% growth, twice what the rest of the company is doing. Well, again, it's not rocket science. When the market's expecting more, they're gonna be disappointed. Last year, this time, that cloud growth rate was around 38%. So that is a massive, massive slowing in a part of the business that the market wants to get excited about. They don't want to get excited about ad revenue. We know in tough economic times, people cut back on advertising. We're going to go a little bit into that talking point a little bit later on. But the cloud side of the business coming through, but the rate of growth slowing substantially. Now, if we have a look at that, what does that actually mean? How does that play into a market that's now less about cloud and more about generative AI? I'm going to save that point again for my next talking point, ghost.
0: It's a bit like the, or, or I like to explain it as the cats and dogs principle. You know, my expectation for my cats is very low. Like if they basically just exist and they don't scratch anything and they sleep for you know 18 hours a day and occasionally come over for a purr, it's great. They're like value stocks. But dogs, you really expect the world. You know, just bring your slippers and. Wag its tail whenever you call its name and want to go for walks and all these wonderful things. And if a dog has a bad day, it's kind of like, you know, hey, what's going on? You're a dog. That's weird. Whereas with cats, it's expected. And I think a lot of these growth stocks are dogs. You know, they're expected to wag their tails with growth and investors. And when they don't, people are disappointed. Whereas if you pay cat valuations, you have a big margin for error when something goes a bit wrong. It's kind of part of the territory. So my last point about Amazon is about earnings volatility, and you know it really is insane at net income level. So just to give you an idea, North America net income was 2.9 billion in the comparable period, 9.9 billion in this quarter. I mean, that's insane. Now this includes a pre-tax valuation gain of $1.2 billion on the investments in Rivian Automotive. But interestingly enough, that gain was 1.1 billion in the comparable period. So that doesn't actually explain the big swing. But there have been quarters where that gain is actually a huge loss completely in the other direction. So profit is not a terribly helpful measure at Amazon because of the on-paper movements in Rivian. Cash is kin, like it always is, it always should be. So let's look there. Operating cash flow, that was up 81% to $71.7 billion over the trailing 12 months. Just be careful there, not the quarter, the trailing 12 months. This is to give you more of a sort of longer term view. If we look at free cash flow which is net of capital investments you're looking at an inflow of 21.4 billion dollars over the trailing 12 months versus an outflow of 19.7 billion dollars in the comparable period it's a massive swing it's an inflow of 21 plays an outflow of 19.7 and that right there is probably the bulk of the reason for the improved share price performance after years of a very dicey free cash flow track record amazon has now unleashed returns to its shareholders at a time when the market really needs to see this it hasn't fixed the longer term underperformance versus the index, but it has made for great returns this year. And although artificial intelligence, fever, and all these buzzwords, yeah, that might be part of it, but there's no way that's the whole reason for the performance. The basics are still the basics. Free cash flow is what people want to see.
1: That's a great way to wrap it up there ghost and I mean let's let's go into my last point on alphabet on Google. I've touched on a couple of key points you know you've discussed free cash flow we're discussing just how profitable different segments of the of these respective businesses look and let's look at Google. you know Google is a part of the overall alphabet group. I mentioned advertising and I was going to look at that. So first and foremost, Google's core business is advertising. And we saw core advertising weaken over the course of the last year because of the economic softness and the loss of momentum that we've been seeing globally. And also, let's not ignore the big elephant in the room, increased competition from disruptors, the like of TikTok. That's something that we actually mentioned in our original show, in our bear case. Now, an interesting data point that Sundar Pichai, that's the CEO of Alphabet, gave us is that he said that Shorts, which is YouTube's competitor to TikTok, now has 70 billion, that's with a beat, 70 billion daily views, and that's up from more than 50 billion daily views at the beginning of the year. So that is a swing of 20 billion views a day, and that just shows you how immense, how massive these businesses are. And it's why, despite the fact that it might not be the most exciting part of the business, why advertising remains very important and why that slower growth in ad revenue and advertising revenue was seen as a negative point by the market. So what else is going on under the hood here at Alphabet? We've discussed and we've touched on cloud and how cloud is growing at 22%, and it's really part and central to the investment thesis is that if you want the stock to keep going higher, you've gotta actually see that cloud business either become a lot more profitable or to grow a lot faster. We've mentioned how it's the number three player behind Microsoft's Azure and Amazon's web services. And again, that's just not gonna cut it in what is a very competitive market space, the market punishing the stock for that reason. And then maybe one last point here is what has Google actually done or Alphabet actually done with AI? And it's almost been a year now since OpenAI launched its chatbot, ChatGPT, that firmly tied into the Microsoft stable. Microsoft's a big investor in OpenAI. And Google's alternative to that, I mean, that's really been a little bit of a non-starter. A lot of that, I guess, Google telling us behind the scenes, they're aiming that towards the search functionality and getting people much richer search results. But this is a big risk because if competitors come to market with a very compelling AI chatbot that circumvents Google's entire search business, that becomes an existential risk, one of the key bear points. And the simple point here and why the market punished the stock is that Google is just not doing enough with its AI. It it really hasn't gained traction. Uh, There was not a lot of detail on the earnings call even after the CEO was pushed for additional detail. Kind of vague answers coming through there. And the question mark now is that is this supposed to be a core part of the business, and maybe it should be, or should it fall into the other bets part of the business? And again, one last parting point here is people might not know this, but Google tends to incubate or Alphabet incubates what they call other bets. And sitting in there are an assortment of very diverse businesses, including Waymo, which is a self-driving car business. There's also a life sciences unit in there. And the problem with that business is that Overall, it loses money. It lost just over a billion dollars, less than the $1.2 billion that it got last year. But this then ties into your free cash flow point is that you can't afford to make money in one part of the business, throw it away in other parts of the business while the main engines of the business are sputtering. Unfortunately, not such a colorful look on Google or Alphabet in the latest earnings transcript.
0: So I guess, Mo, that brings us to the end of the show. And the question is, which one? If you could only pick one or any other sort of investment thoughts to leave it with, I'll give you mine, I'm gonna go first because then I can you know, get mine in quickly and then you can't copy it. So I think mine would be, for me, Alphabet has been a little bit weird outside of search for a while now. Uh, YouTube's a brilliant business, they have YouTube as well. Let's not forget that, it's a fantastic thing. But they do a lot of weird stuff in other bets and I've never really understood it properly. Um, something like Amazon at least is actually a simpler business to understand and it's nice to see them starting to unleash free cash flow but i think the broader picture here is just do not ignore the us markets and that's why we focus on it for magic markets premium go look at that nasdaq performance go look at how these tech companies have been performing even in a slow five-year period where they do like you know i don't know eight percent or ten percent a year you know it's in dollars and it's growing and it's generally not as slow as that over a five-year period you know those nasdaq numbers i quoted earlier you don't have to be a genius to go and make a good decision there you just have to believe in, you know global tech as a theme and I find it hard not to believe in global tech as a theme so yes there will be cycles it will ebb it will flow but for me you look at these numbers and you actually remember why we do what we do in magic markets premium which is focus very much on global stocks because to a large extent that's where I want my money to be yes there's some good stuff on the local market but it's really about the global story
1: Yeah, indeed, ghost. I mean, one caveat to your comment is is the fact that you can believe in it, but just be very, very sensitive to the price you pay for those investments. I mean, these can be sound businesses; they can be growing at ridiculous clips. But again, I think the evidence from the recent Alphabet numbers showing you that if expectations are really already baked into the price, even delivering a really solid result can still hurt the share price. For me, it's it's rather clear between these two. I prefer Amazon because I like the cloud business in Amazon a lot more than I like it in Google, where it's a bit of an afterthought, I think in Google, in Alphabet, the advertising business is a tough space and likely to get There are a lot of players that operate in that space. You're going to have a look at meta. You can look at, again, you can go down a very long list. So I like Amazon because it gives me slightly differentiated exposures in the tech space. And again, if I can cheat and maybe go outside of that, Microsoft just remains such a strong contender. And if I'm going to be looking at AI, another part of the business that Alphabet says it focuses on, well, guess what? I'm not buying Alphabet for that either, because I'd rather try and get some of that both cloud as well as AI, through a player like Microsoft. But what do you think? As our listeners, let us know. We hope you enjoy this. If you're not yet a subscriber to Magic Markets Premium, it's only 99 Rand per month, and you get more than this level of detail on global stocks every single week. And if you sign up, you get access to the entire library that's actually over 100 different shows out there right now. So we think that's a lot of value. Go and check it out if you haven't already. And we hope you've enjoyed the show. Follow us on social media. It's at Finance Ghost, at Muhammad Nalla and at Magic Markets Pod.
0: Until next week, same time, same place. Thanks and cheers. Ciao. We thank our sponsor B2IT for making this show possible. B2IT is all about making life easier. One robot at a time. If you hate it, automate it. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.